0: If you have your Bible, turn with me to Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and then we'll be kind of moving to chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, and then verse 40 through 41. I'll lead you through that, so don't worry uh, as we go. But uh, we're going to start with Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Let us hear God's Word. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And in chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then verses 40 and 41. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved, from this perverse generation and then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day about 3000 souls were added to them this is the word of god for the people of god thanks be to god let us pray lord we thank you that we've been changed and that we are continuing to be changed by the power of your spirit, and by the power of your word. Now may it speak to our hearts and lives in such a way that we will be challenged, that we will be changed, and that we will never get over it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, many of you know, and I just want to go ahead and say, most of you probably know, and I just want to go ahead and say uh, my father passed away Thursday a week ago, and I want to say thank you to everyone for your prayers, your support, for the food uh, during his sickness and, and during this time. Some of you have been a part of that meal train, but that train, we were taking care of my father at our house here in Wilmington since January, and y'all been running a meal train uh, at least three nights a week uh, uh, to to the house, and we just appreciate all of that. And then this past week, and and I think they got it. I, you know I'm not going to turn down food. Amen. So. Even if we have to eat it the next night. Hey, amen. So anyway, good stuff. But but you, you've just been awesome. And, and so thank you, thank you, thank you for the cards. Oh, gracious, the cards and the messages and just everything, the prayers especially, and the support that you've given us uh, during this time. Thank you, and you'll never know how much it means. I mean, really, it's incredible. But we were, um, of course, last weekend, I wasn't here because we were in Malolive and Calypso. That's where I'm from, and um, we were staying with Tina's mom. My brother was staying with my mom and all, and, and we were staying with Tina's mom in Malolive, and she lives right there on Center Street. And um, and the train track, it's part of the old Wilmington to Weldon Railroad, or Weldon, I think that's what it was called, the Wilmington to Weldon Railroad, and it goes through Calypso. My town, Olive, right on up through there. Comes all the way down here to Wilmington. And, um we would you know she was right there on the, right there beside the train track and when that train would come through and it would come through sometimes early in the morning sometimes during the night different times and of course her mom doesn't even hear it anymore because it just kind of part of the sound of of the uh, of the town or whatever kind of like sirens are sometimes for us even here in wilmington but kind of the sounds of the city but anyway but if you're not used to it. Used to it, and you're laying there, and all of a sudden that train comes through, and I mean, it shakes the house, and you just you get you you know it's there, and and if, if you were not expecting it or didn't know that that was going to happen, you think a, a earthquake was coming or, or something like that, a tornado coming through, but but um but I got to thinking about it last week as I was thinking about preparing um for Pentecost Sunday, I wanted to be back to Pente- I wanted to be back and preach on Pentecost, and and I got to thinking about the train. And I got to thinking about those early steam engines that they would have that powered the locomotives of the train. And and I uh, found out that the first steam engine was created in 1698 by Thomas Savory. And it was used. Uh, it used condensing steam to create a vacuum that to raise water from below, and then used the steam pressure. And then for the locomotive, when it was heated, and the water turned into that vapor known as steam, the volume of the water expands. That it turns into inside the boiler, creating a high pressure. That high pressure then uh, pushes the pistons that connects to the driving wheels that operate the locomotives. So in other words, the steam is what made it possible for those locomotives and for those early trains to go. And I was thinking about Pentecost. Now, Pentecost, of course, is it was, first of all, a Jewish festival. It was known as the Festival of Weeks. It was 50 days after the Passover, uh, also called Shabbat, I think is how, how it said. And, and Pentecost was, um, but after the resurrection, Pentecost became so much more because that was the time when the Holy Spirit failed. There were about 120 believers. People were in Jerusalem for the the festival of Pentecost, called the Festival of Weeks also. And they were there, but there were about 120 followers of Jesus, Christians, that were gathered in the upper room. The Bible says that they were all in one accord and that they were praying. They were praying for the promise of the Father that we find in Luke and the first of Acts. That he says, you go and tarry in Jerusalem and, in the, the, and, and I will send the promise of the Father to you. And so they were doing just that. When we find it here in Acts chapter 2 verses 2 and 3, it says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It sounded like a train coming through. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. So they start speaking this other language, these other languages, and the people that were all around from different areas began to hear the wonderful works of God proclaimed in their own language. Now, was the miracle in the speaking of the tongues or was the miracle in the hearing of the tongues? I don't know. And it really doesn't matter. We just know there was a miracle going on. Amen? Everybody heard the wonderful works of God. Now, um... So what happens then is that Peter decides this is a good time to preach. I mean, I think they probably just sang Changed. Amen. And he decided this is a good time to preach. I mean, now, there's no doubt that it was looking kind of weird. There was like flames of fire on their head. That's why we're wearing red today in honor of Pentecost, for the fire of the Holy Spirit. And we sang songs like, Oh, Lord, send the power just now. That's an old camp meeting song, by the way. But anyway, I think it's awesome, a traditional service where we can sing all Hell the power of Jesus' name, and then, Oh, Lord, let the power fall. I mean, old-time power. Amen. Good stuff. But anyway, They were were there, and Peter decides to preach. Now, Peter starts his sermon by saying, folks, they're not drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. Okay, just got to let you know. So evidently things are looking kind of wild there. I mean, definitely. Now, I know there's some smart aleck out there somewhere listening to this or whatever say, "Well, was five o'clock somewhere, or something like that. But anyway, that's not. No, he, look, he says they are not drunk, but this is the promise that was given by the prophet Joel. He says that I will pour out. You're my spirit on all flesh uh, and on your uh, sons and on your daughters. And they will prophesy and dream dreams. And and he says there, and and so he preaches this sermon, this powerful sermon. And what ends up happening is that 3,000 people get saved. They give their life to Christ. They turn their life over to him. And so Pentecost, this is our key principle this morning, Pentecost became known as the birth of the church. Some scholars call it the birth of the church, but also others call it the catalyst event of the church because some say, well, actually the church was born when Jesus looked at Peter and said, on this rock I will build my church, you know. And, and so uh, some they differ on that. But I think it's kind of both ends. And we celebrate the birth of the church, and that's why we have happy birthday cupcakes and, and, and with red icing of the fire of the Holy Spirit in there. But also, it's the catalyst event. It's what is empowering the church. Now, what does that have to do with trains? Well, folks, if, if, if steam is necessary for those early steam engines for that locomotive to go, it is like the way that the Holy Spirit is necessary for our lives and for our church. I mean, no steam, no engine, no engine, no go. And I want to say it's the same way for us as a follower of Jesus. If we are going to be who God's called us to be, if we're going to do what God's called us to do, then it is only going to be in the power of the Holy Spirit that we will be able to go and do just that. Amen? Amen. So let's look at that for a few minutes this morning at how the Holy Spirit is the steam that empowers our train. How is the Holy Spirit the steam that empowers our train? Number one is this the Holy Spirit is the steam that empowers us to get through rough terrain. You know those early trains as they were building the tracks and especially as they were going out west, those trains sometimes would have to go around hills and have to go down into valleys and up on the mountains. And it was the locomotives that would be able to they, they needed that locomotive. That that steam engine was incredibly strong and powerful so that it could carry the heavy load that they were having to carry. And I tell you what, I know that there's some folks maybe in here or there's some folks that's watching or maybe when it comes on television later that may be watching that you've been carrying a heavy load or been through a rough time and a rough terrain lately. Maybe it's from this COVID thing. Maybe it's from the sickness of a loved one or the death of a loved one. And I know we've been in a rough road here lately. Or maybe it's been uh, from an addiction that you or or a loved one has been dealing with. or, Or maybe you're a single parent and you've just been having to carry the whole load all by yourself or feel like you're all by yourself. No matter what kind of load we've been carrying, let me tell you something. The steam of the Holy Spirit can help us carry it up onto the highest mountain, down into the lowest valley. And whatever kind of rough terrain or heavy load we have, His Holy Spirit can... Help us carry it there. Amen. That's why Jesus was able to say, I believe, in Matthew 11, verses 28 and 29. He was able to give us this awesome invitation. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's why he was able to say, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Because I know when we're carrying that heavy load, sometimes it feels so heavy, it feels so harsh, it feels so rough that it's hard to keep going, but we can find rest for our souls when we allow the Holy Spirit to do the heavy lifting. Amen? Amen. I've been before trying to move something before, and me and one other person, and I'm just going to tell you what, it's a whole lot better when you can get two or three other people. Amen. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do for us. He wants to come in as the comforter and give us the heavy lifting and lift the heavy lifting for us. Number two is this. The Holy Spirit is not only the steam that empowers us to get through rough terrains, but the Holy Spirit is the steam that empowers us To do the mission and ministry that God desires. Not just through, but he helps us to do the mission and ministry that God desires. I love that verse from Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Most revivals that I go to, if I haven't preached there before, I at least preach on this verse at least one night. Now, if I preached there before, I hate to do the same sermon again, but, uh, so I'll pick something else. But, but most I love Acts 1-8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. He's saying you're going to be my witness because of the power of the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be able to do it by yourself. That's why it's called a the great commission and not just a great mission. It's a commission because that little prefix co means with. Who are we doing it with? We're doing it with each other, but we're also doing it with the Holy Spirit and we cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. Listen, he says, "I'll give you you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and be witnesses unto me in our Jer- Jerusalem." That's right here with us. Our Judea, that's the surrounding areas. To our Samaria, that's to folks who are not like us, who don't look like us, don't think like us, don't act like us, don't vote like us. Oh, hallelujah. And, and um, we, that means we're everybody, we're, we're, we're called to be that witness to everybody and then even to the end of the earth. And it's going to be the Holy Spirit that empowers us to do just that. See, we have a mission and a ministry to do. His disciples were thinking when Jesus said, you know, I'm going to be leaving you all. And they're like, what do you mean? Wait a minute. We're just getting started here. What do you mean? Dying, leaving, all that kind of stuff. And he says, but don't worry. Listen to what he says there in verses 12 through 14. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will, also, he will do also. And greater works than these shall they do. Because I go to my Father. And whoever and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, did you get what he's saying? He's saying, because I'm going to my Father, those of you who believe in me will do works, the works that I've done, and even greater works. I remember first hearing that and reading that and thinking, how in the world can we do greater works than Jesus? Most scholars believe that he wasn't talking about quality because nobody could do it better than Jesus, right? Amen. But he's talking about quantity. In other words, Jesus' ministry was only three years. And it was in a pretty small, the ones that went with us to Israel saw that it's a pretty small area when you think about it. When you look at it in comparison to the whole world, it's a pretty small area that he did that ministry in. And that he's saying, because of the Holy Spirit, because I go to my Father, you're going to be able to go out and for years and even centuries after you're going to be doing these works, these greater works. Now, he also says there, and and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, a lot of people have pulled that verse out of context and think, oh, he's saying that if we ask anything of him, he'll do it. Uh, Porsche? Boat? Is that what he's talking about? No. No. He's saying that if you ask anything in my name, that's going to further my kingdom and going to glorify the Son and the Father, then that is going to be what I give to you. And folks, those are the greater things that we can do, but we can only do it with the power and the steam of the Holy Spirit in our train. Lastly is this, the Holy Spirit also not only takes us through the tough rough terrains, And helps us do the mission and ministry. But also the Holy Spirit is the steam that empowers the church to deliver growth and life. It's what allows us to deliver growth and life. Those old freight trains, many of them would deliver products. They would deliver people sometimes. Uh, The old freight trains were passenger trains, a lot of them. So... Products and people that would sustain life to different places. And folks, I don't know if there's ever been a time that we don't need some life in this world. Amen? We need new life through Jesus Christ, and we need growth in life. Look at, look at what happens here. Um, look at what happens in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. So Peter preaches that great sermon. Um, now, it was a pretty tough sermon. If you go back and read it, he did not hold any punches. I mean, he told it like it is. And then he said, repent and and turn away from this perverse generation. I mean, he was letting them have it. And then what happens here in verse 41? Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. 3,000 souls. 3,000 So I mean, they were baptizing them. We've seen that area. And there were some pools around there. But I mean, for 3,000 souls to get baptized, I believe they were having to dunk them in every mud puddle around. Amen. They were like, oh, here's a sink. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I mean, 3,000 souls. That's revival right there. Amen. That, that's the be- And the Holy Spirit was moving in such a way that there was growth and life like never before. Now, was it... Peter's eloquent words? Was it the the choir before he got up? No, what it was was the power of the Holy Spirit that opened the hearts of the people in such a way that they gladly heard, they gladly heard, it says, his word and gave their life to Christ. And folks, it is only the Holy Spirit that can make that happen. And what I'm afraid of is way too many of us. Y'all, y'all remember that movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Y'all remember that? You remember there was the guy on the hand cart that was, uh, hand car, that was, not cart, hand car, that was, that, that some of them call him a pump car, and uh, on the railroad track, that you pump that thing, and, and, and it makes it go, and that's how you get around? I'm afraid that there's way too many churches and way too many Christians that's been pumping along instead of praying, Amen? And we're not going to get where we need to get. We're not going to supply the growth and life that we need to supply if we're doing it on a pump car. It takes the steam of the Holy Spirit to take us there. So let's open our hearts to be filled with the Holy Spirit's steam this morning. See, that steam's only able to fill the container that's there. And if we don't empty the container of the stuff that stands in the way and allow our hearts to be opened and His Holy Spirit to come in, then we cannot fully see the fire fall. There's a story of, about Yosemite Park. that Years ago, they used to would take all the trees that had fallen and would pile them up on the side of this cliff and they would... Uh, set it on fire and it was like this large bonfire and then what they would do at a certain time as it was burning they would push it off of this cliff and I think off into the water or wherever and people would come all around and what it would actually look like it would look like a waterfall of fire and it was this beautiful sight and people would gather around to see that and 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 they said that people would celebrate before that would happen and would actually start they would be at a safe space, safe area, and would start saying, let the fire fall, let the fire fall, and they would start chanting that, let the fire fall, and then they would set it ablaze, and then they would push it off at this certain time, and they would all cheer, and some years later, there was a fella that went to the park, and they were no longer doing that, and they said, the fire doesn't fall here anymore. And folks, I think the biggest tragedy is when we are trying to live the Christian life or we are trying to operate and minister in a church and the fire doesn't fall anymore. And so I want today to be today that we will let the fire fall. That we will let His fire fall. Because here's what He's promised us. You remember when Jesus was saying to them, said, you know, um, uh, even parents... That that are not perfect would not give their child something that's bad. They're not going to give them a scorpion if they ask for an egg. And that, I I get that mixed up. But anyway, I well I know they ain't going to give you a scorpion. But anyway, but he does say this after that. He says, "But how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him?" And so all I'm saying this morning is let's ask them. Let's just say in our heart of hearts and in this final song, whether it's in your seat where you're standing or whether you want to come up here and pray at this altar, I I just pray that we will say, let your fire fall. Let your fire fall, Lord. Let your fire fall. Open my heart. Fill me with the steam of the Holy Spirit this morning. Let us pray. Lord, We thank you. We love you. And we just pray in this service that if there's some of us, Lord, that's been trying to get through the rough terrain on our own, that we will allow your steam of the Holy Spirit to empower us to take that rough road and to carry that heavy load. Maybe there's some of us here or somebody watching, Lord, that simply has been trying to do the ministry of Jesus on their own power. Lord, help us to completely surrender to your Holy Spirit so that we can do the ministry. And also, Lord, help us so that we can take to the world the life that it needs to have and shine a light that this world needs to see. Lord, it is the great commission. Lord, we want to do it with you. So let your fire fall. Let that be our heart today. Let your fire fall. Lord, if there's anyone that's saying, what's my first step? Lord, we know that it is to just simply open our heart and invite you in. As Lord and Savior. We just say, Lord, I'm not perfect. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness in my life. Lord, come into my heart. I want to live for you. I want to follow you. Live in me.